You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. down. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode. My name is Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Eric Bowen, who is a pharmacist that believes in cannabis medicine. His goals are to see cannabis talked about as a healing option, more in the medical-minded community. So that's why he's here today and we're happy to have him. So please welcome Dr. Bowen to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi, Dr. Bowen. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. You you can just call me Eric. That's fine. Wonderful. Thank (laughs) you. So we like to start everyone with this question, but can you tell us when you first consumed cannabis and are you a medical marijuana patient here in Oklahoma? Uh, I am, yes. Um, I Actually, I'm probably a little bit different than some of your other guests. I mean, I've listened to a lot of you guys' other podcasts and stuff, but I've never really... uh, got experience with cannabis until I was 52 years old and uh, the reason I, I kind of uh, got experience with it is multiple reasons because I, I deal with some chronic issues from that I've dealt with for, for quite a number of years from my uh, my job and also I you know I have a little bit of anxiety and stuff too so I found I was on a, a whole lot of different medications and they didn't just make me, they, they made me feel a lot more sluggish than I wanted to feel. So I, I was able to, you know, start using cannabis once it, you know, became legal here. And, and I think I, I got my card in 2019 and, uh, you know, I've been able to get off of a lot of different medicines and stuff because of cannabis. And I feel a lot, a lot, a lot more clear minded and, and stuff. And, you know, my quality of life, I think so much better. And, yeah, uh, I it's it just so you know once I figured out it helped me, uh, you know I I decided you know I needed to, to kind of pursue that to be able to you know help other other people as well and you know because a lot of pharmacists we don't we don't have much knowledge about CBD or cannabis either one they that's really something they don't teach in in medical school right. or pharmacy school any of that hardly at all. So I think about only like 10% of the uh, schools in the United States even teach anything about the endocannabinoid system. So, yeah. yeah, I think but, it's it's a different perspective from you as well, being the age you are, because most people who we talk to have their cannabis journey began at a very young age. But this just is to say that like the diverse like market there is, there's everybody some way, somehow, you know, at whatever age you are, is wanting to have a piece of the cannabis cake. Oh, I agree, and it's it's so uh, it's so versatile. You know, it can be used in you know young patients for you know epilepsy and autistic disorders and stuff, and you know older people it can be used for pain and stuff, and you know mm-hmm. it helps them decrease their meds. So that's I think it's great. You know, I learned I've learned so much by. There's a, there's a lot of medical organizations and stuff out there that are also into like uh, teaching about uh, cannabis as a medicine. So I'm in a I'm in society of cannabis clinicians, and 
International Society of Cannabis Pharmacists, and I've learned so much from many people who've, you know, been in this space a lot longer yeah. than I have. That's awesome. Great. So awesome. would you say like being a patient in Oklahoma, it's amazing, but sometimes it can be overwhelming. What has your journey been like finding out what works for you and what doesn't? Well, that's a, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, it, because at first, you know, I didn't feel like I, I had a very good knowledge base and I wasn't really sure where to get it from. Right. Uh, there's, I think, you know, I, I've heard some of your your podcast and stuff, and, you know, it, it kind of talks about, you know, since the industry's in kind of new in Oklahoma and stuff, we're all kind of learning together and stuff, but there's, you know, there's different quality of education you get from different dispensaries, as I'm sure you guys have, have also experienced. Yes, yes so absolutely. I kind of had to work a little bit about dosing and stuff um, because, you know, I, I didn't really know what, what dose I was supposed to take and stuff and i uh i greened out once or twice on edibles and decided uh, i needed to learn a little bit better about you know how to how to manage the effects because that's something i didn't you know nobody enjoys so right. I, I tried to, to you know figure out from for my own self you know what my dosage range is and what strains and what types of products work best for me so it was a little bit of trial and error but you know, I've heard of you guys talk about, you know, some of you, you know, the differences in dosing for each of the two of you. And I, I'm yeah. more like Brandon. I'm on the lower end. I, mm-hmm. I'm a like five, 7.5 milligram kind of. Yeah, kinda that guy. sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like bigger doses and stuff, but, uh, they really just make me really tired. So I, I can't have that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I use I use edibles and then I, I'll use. Uh, you know, like I said, I had some, you know, some pain issues and some anxiety issues. So I'll, I'll uh, use some strains like uh, Lemon Haze, Lemon Kush, and Blue Dream during the day. Uh, you know, because I don't want to, I don't want to feel, uh, you know, over sedated or anything. And mm-hmm. I, I'm going to also say that I don't do this at work. I'm just making sure your audience knows that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I wouldn't so- do that. Do you have a cannabis routine you like to abide by or certain rituals throughout your day that you find really therapeutic? Yeah, that's kind of interesting that you say that because I'm kind of at that point in my journey right now. You know, I I get up and kind of assess, you know, in the morning where I'm at and depending upon, you know, how I'm feeling, what, uh, what I need to get accomplished that day. You know, I have a whole slew of different things I can from my, you know, I could just use anything from, you know, just plain CBD to, a, you know, like a one-to-one or, um, you know, THC flower yeah. or edible. Kind do, of you, depends. do you have any brands that you like that are kind of like a staple to you? I'm sorry, any what? Any brands, like what brands do you buy that are like staples to you? What do you enjoy? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I enjoy... Uh, Nature's Key has a uh, a lot of good stuff as yes, far as they their, do. their line. And I've, I've actually been out and talked to uh, Nathan and Joe out there because at one point I was thinking about opening a dispensary. And I kind of like some of their products they have out there. And, yes, uh, Nature Key does it right. Uh, that they do. And I was really, really impressed with their operations that they get 
gave me the tour and I, I got to talk to each of them and it, it was really awesome. And another thing I, I like is, uh, I think they're called Edify candy bars. I think they're, I've heard, uh, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I've heard of those. Yeah. They come in, I think they come in like the 200 milligram bars, the ones that I buy and they're still like they're 10, 20 milligram pieces and it. it's easy to kind of split them up, you know, into the, more like doses that I need, you know, smaller doses. So uh, I really like those, you know, the fact that they're, you know, in a fat-based uh, vehicle kind of makes it easier and better yeah. for it to be absorbed work better for me. So I, I tend to go with the, with the chocolate type stuff more often. That's cool. That's interesting. I hate chocolate things. So it's always, I always love to hear oh, really? what people, yeah. I My first cannabis, like bad one, my first bad cannabis experience with edibles um, was, which was also my first experience with edibles, had to do with brownies. And so brownies, I unless they're fresh out of the oven, like I don't like brownies because that I still taste it, that cannabis taste without it even being there. So chocolate's very similar for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's always interesting to see how everyone's bodies and preferences are so different. I always love to hear it. Yeah, it, it kind of is, you know. And, you know, each of us is kind of unique and have, you know, what's called our own uh, endocannabinoid tone, you know. So that's why some people, you know, need more, you know, than other people do and stuff. And, you know, differences in metabolism yeah, and stuff yes. also. Yeah. So are you, are you open about your consumption with like your immediate family or like, what does that look for you? Like the transparency? Um, yeah. So with my, with my immediate family and, um, I'm, I'm really pretty open about it mostly in general. Um, I, I found that, uh, as a, as somebody in healthcare, if, if I can't, you know, kind of get out and make an education, you know, educate people about it and stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe that's something I, I need to do, you know, because a lot of times, you know, it, the people people that have bad feelings about it are it's usually from, uh, you know, the stigma from, you know, the war on drugs and stuff. And surprisingly, some of the, some of the patients or people that I've had the easiest time talking about it to are, are actually people from church, okay. which you, you wouldn't think, but, you know, because you, you already have a relationship established, <laughs> right, right. You know, it's, it's to talk to them about it. So, you know, and I, I've been able to, I'm not going to say I'm not hundred percent, 180 degree change their mind on the su- subject, but, you know, kind of allow them to look at it more than, you know, for so long it's just, been considered a drug of abuse and you know there's so many so many different diseases that can be employed in that it, it it's just amazing that we 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 haven't uh in such a long time up until now you know in the in the up until like the mid-30s you know cannabis was in a lot of uh, prescription medication you know that they dispensed in pharmacies so it, it's uh kind of come full circle again a little bit you know and for, for a long time pharmacies didn't know anything about it, but I think it's it's best that you know we we, we don't look at the, overlook this important system in our bodies that you know can kind of help fine tweak every every other system. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That was very well said. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, 
but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So as a pharmacist, what's your background look like and what was the turning point for you to dig deeper with cannabis and what it can really do for our bodies? Well, my uh, my own experience had to do with, you know, like kind of like I said, the chronic chronic pain stuff, mm-hmm. and I was I was on so many different meds, and I felt horrible. And I'm, you know, I probably had it not ever become legal in Oklahoma. I uh, I don't know that I would have ever tried it, but you know, I tried to, you know, broaden my horizon, try something different, and yeah. you know, frankly, amazing how how well it worked for me and. I, I didn't get what the the big deal was about, you know, the, the big no-no thing that, you know, kind of a lot of people in the medical field associate, you know, with cannabis. So, you know, just, and, and another thing is, uh, I think what really solidified my stance on, you know, cannabis and plant-based medicines in general was, as a pharmacist, you know, we, we dispense, uh, you know, I've been in pharmacy for over 30 years, and we just spent tons of opioids. And I've gotten to see firsthand, you know, a, a lot of the destruction that that has happened in, you know, colleagues and patients' lives and uh, you know, friends' lives and stuff. And you know, there, there's just got to be better ways that we can we can go about treating yes. stuff. And I think is one of the answers to that. Yes. Yeah, that is good. So with all the knowledge that you do have in the medical, the pharmacy world, was researching the benefits of cannabis just completely different for you to be kind of drawn towards and to learn about? Because I know, like like you said, growing up or like learning as like in, you know, pharmacy school and like med school and all that, like this is definitely not in there, you know, and so that it gives you a whole different mind. So how did you like, you know, kind of balance or like drift off to being attracted to learn more about cannabis? Just from uh, a lot of the, a lot of the benefits I saw in myself and a lot of the benefits that I have seen in uh, other, other people and their stories. I follow you know, a lot of different uh, people on LinkedIn and Instagram and stuff like that who have very compelling, uh, you know, stories, you know, or like it's helped with anything from like, uh, you know, brain trauma or, um, you know, chronic uh, substance abuse issues, fibromyalgia, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the uh, physicians that are in the space that I, I know are in it because, Maybe they've had a, uh, a a relative or something, somebody who was either autistic or epileptic, and they weren't getting the help they needed, so they dove into it themselves. And now they educate other physicians on uh, some of that type of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's really just amazing how versatile the plant can be and how many different types of 
of people that can help. Right. Absolutely. So with that, I know just because I've done with, you know, working on the dispensary side and doing my own research, the internet was a great place, but it was also my kind of a dreaded place because it's the information's always so varying and there's so much and it's so overwhelming. So to, you know, tackle what you have and do what you do and we'll get into your company in a little bit, but what's the learning process been like? I mean, a little bit past your journey, like to dive in deeper into how it can help different ailments. How is, what's that process look like? Like, have you gone through books, podcasts? Like what was your biggest ally in that learning journey? Oh boy, there's a, there's a bunch. Um, first of all, um, I, I think I mentioned that I'm in the International Society of Cannabis Pharmacists. They had like a, um, a program that was, you know, pharmacists have to discontinue the education every year to keep their license. And they had a um, 16-hour program on cannabis and its use in a whole bunch of different uh, diseases and, and stuff. And it's talked about stuff from everything from, you know, how to dose the dose stuff, you know, drug interactions, uh, ways it can be used, ways, uh, reasons it may not should be used in some people. And, uh, so, so I got, they, they have like, at the end of that program, they have a, a test that you can take to be certified. And so I studied for, for a little while and a couple months and because I want to be really prepared and took the test. And I, I got what's called a, a clinical cannabinoid pharmacy certification out of uh, International Society of Cannabis Pharmacists. And um, so I, that's one of the places I kind of got a baseline there and, you know, I actually, before that, you know, I don't know, I think a lot of the people uh, that work in dispensaries and stuff probably have heard of some of the books written by Regina Nelson. And stuff. Yes, we're familiar. We have it at home. Oh, yeah. And that was kind of really what started my interest. But, you know, a lot of, uh, I needed to go deeper than, than she did to, to make it applicable to my background. Right, and so, you have to. And for anyone listening, it's called A Survivor's Guide to Medical Cannabis by Dr. Regina Nelson. It's a really great tool. And there's a lot of the physicians that uh, are in society of cannabis clinicians um, have actually written written books. Um, what, one that I really like and that uh, is, has been very helpful for, to me is there's, there's a book by uh, Dr. Bonnie Goldstein. It's called Cannabis and Medicine. It says, how medical cannabis and CBD are healing everything from anxiety to chronic pain. And, uh, in fact, I just went to something this morning that she, uh, she talked about on the Internet about autism. And she's a she's the, uh, practicing physician in California who dealt with, like, autistic and um epileptic younger patients for, for years. I mean, I think she's been doing it since 2008. So that's amazing. That's, that's a really good book that I like from her. And there's, there's several several others that are uh, really good. Well, uh, there's uh, some pharmacists that are in the field that are uh, really good too. And uh, Colleen Higgins has a book out called, uh, and Michael Backus has one out called Cannabis Pharmacy. I, I like that one as well. Got a lot of good information. That's really cool that you've dove into a bunch of these different books. Like yeah. that's always exciting and you get to learn so much. And we love hearing about books because we're always trying to expand our mind and learn. So I, that's why I was really interested in finding out where you got your knowledge yeah. because, you know, it's 
there it's it's can sometimes be overwhelming and sometimes the overwhelming can make it very difficult to dive a little bit deeper. Right. And I, I like what you all guys said too about, you know, just looking at stuff on the internet. It's hard to determine, you know, what is good quality information yes. and, and what is, you know, just total, totally not. So, right. Um, yeah. That's so- why I tend to look for people who, who kind of had experience in the, in the field and actually treated several, you know, several patients for some of them 10 to 15 years. So, yeah. So how did, with that being said, we know there's a lot of people out there who have transitioned from pills to cannabis as more of a holistic healing option. What is, what's your outlook on that? And how do you hope, like, what do you hope to do for people or, you know, your patients with the position that you're in? Well, several different things, honestly, one of the, one of the things that, um, that we talk about in pharmacy a lot is, is what's called polypharmacy. And poly, the definition of polypharmacy is like a patient being on, you get to a point when you, you're at about five meds where after that, you're a lot of times just really adding on other medications to cover, you know, side effects of previous medications and stuff. And it eventually just kind of comes to snowball and you, you know, you, your patient's on, you know, eight or 10 medications. And, you know, I saw that when I worked in the hospital pharmacy for, uh, you know, so many years, I see some of these huge medication lists. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how do people even afford all of this? Right. right. But, you know, also when you get into that many medications, you know, not just to mention the financial burden, but, you know, you're just, you're just creating more drug interactions and more, uh, a lot of times more problems than, than you're curing. And I think for myself, I had to learn when, when I started uh, kind of getting in, into cannabis and learning how to take back my health, you know, and eliminate those medications one at a time. You know, obviously I can't tell a patient, you know, don't take what your doctor has prescribed you, but I can talk to them if they want to uh, try and pursue something you know, more natural, like say before they go on opioids or something like that, you know, if they have chronic pain or I've worked with some people who are, who have chronic pain and, you know, to try and help, you know, reduce the amount of opioids they take because, you know, that's one of the things that cannabis can do is you can cut your opioid consumption by, and many people, you know, up to 50%, sometimes a little bit more. Some Sometimes people are able to, to get totally off them as well, and, you know, Opioids are so much more, um, so much more dangerous because they have, you know, affect your cardio respiratory centers. You know, that's why, you know, people overdose on stuff mm-hmm. on and stuff because, you know, their, their breathing shuts down or their heart shuts down. You know, the fortunate thing with cannabis is, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of CB1 receptors in your brain stem where, where that process is controlled. So it's, it's really impossible to, to overdose on cannabis that way. That that is good. So in addition to that, like how do you navigate with a patient, someone who is prescribed meds and they're wanting to use cannabis too? Like how do you I know that's a very popular question. You know, our parents, our grandparents, people have it's like, yeah, I I'm curious about cannabis, but like what about all these all these medications I'm already on? Like what's the starting point for that? Cuz I know when I mean when I tried to have that conversation with my parents. And that's a great question, Brian, because 
my mom would always be like, oh, well, I don't know how it's going to react with this medicine. And it would this, just be but, turned off instantly. Yeah, and would already make excuses before the or conversation even happened or didn't want to make the effort to do the research because she had so much other things to do that it just, what her doctor prescribed was just easier. So how do you, yeah. And most people trust their doctors. So I respect that. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? From your standpoint. You know, that that's, that's kind of a little bit of a sticky situation because, you know, like I said, I can't tell them to not take what their doctors have told them to prescribe but, right. or, you know, prescribe for. What I can do is I can give them, uh, you know, like some of the biggest things that people substitute meds for or cannabis for are, are stuff maybe that you wouldn't need to take on a uh, – on a daily basis, what, what we would call PRN or as, as needed medications, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, muscle relaxers or um, say like benzodiazepines, you know, like, like Valium or right. something like that, anxiety and stuff. You know, I, I would, I can tell them, you know, try, you know, try the cannabis and see how that works for you. And then if, you know, if that starts doing the trick, then let's, let's talk to your physician and see what, um, you know, about if you want, if you want to slowly come off the benzodiazepine, you know, I can't tell them that would be dangerous to tell them to abruptly stop taking that. Absolutely. Yeah, that I, could do more harm than good. Right. So I, I'm, I'm all in it to, to, to make sure that some, what we're doing is with, is uh, allowing the person to live a better quality of, of life. And yes. that's, uh, you know, and a lot of times that, that includes cannabis, you know, they're bringing, can't include, you know, every, everyone can't benefit from it necessarily, but, you know, for those that really want to and want to kind of take back control of their, their health in a more natural way, those are kind of the people that I, I look forward or, you know, kind of to talking with and working with because it's so much, it's very rewarding seeing somebody who has come in and, uh, you know, maybe has been in pain management or something for quite a number of years and that you know because a lot of times chronic you know problems take a you know a, a toll on your mental health as well and yes. just kind of seeing somebody perk back up you know once they start turning the corner is really a, a an awesome feeling for me and yeah. you know, being able to help that space right to be able to see that light in their eyes you kind of know they're in a good direction yeah exactly yeah that's, that's very amazing. rewarding so, Eric, you're the founder of Illum Cannabis Wellness. Can you tell us what that is and what you guys offer? Oh, sure. I, I can. Uh, what I do is I offer, uh, I do like uh, cannabis education, and we, we kind of look like a uh, patient will come to me with, uh, say, a, a goal of things, goals of things they want to improve on in their, you know, a lot of things. That, you know, can you know be anything from you know anxiety or pain control or, or weight loss or whatever. And we kind of kind of just establish a plan together on working working through that kind of one step at a time. Because a lot of times when people come to me, they're they're kind of tired of trying you know just another pill. You know, yes. what I'm saying they're t- tired of going back and just having another pill thrown at it. So we work on, I try to work on with people, you know, try and go through and improve things, you know, one thing at a time. And when people start seeing improvements 
and, you know, how they're feeling and, um, you know, that some of the, some of the changes in mindset you can get from using cannabis over say an, an opioid or something like that is totally, uh, you know, it's been very empowering. And I don't know about for you guys, but I, I personally find cannabis to be, uh, very helpful for introspection and dealing with situations in a, you know, a different type of manner, you know, seeing things that maybe I don't see. And, uh, I don't know, it just, it just helps me do that. And I try to do that with other people too. And to, you know, just kind of start, you know, checking health goals off the list. And, you know, it's amazing how much that holistic approach, you know, just kind of works for, um, for people. And, you know, like, like we were just talking about, you know, you see that light come on again and you know, you're making some progress. And, you know, another thing is super important to me is, um, you know, medication safety. I, on, uh, on my website, illuminacannabiswellness.com, uh, I also sell some, uh, like some, some safety products like, uh, that you can put either your uh, pharmaceuticals or, your edibles or flour in that can be locked or one of them has like a, a lock that you can put your own type lock on and the other one has like a like a combination lock that you can set your own number in and just kind of for safety and stuff because I also I mean I have some friends from pharmacy school there's there's probably three or four that I can think of that actually work at the at the poison control center in uh, you know in Oklahoma City and a lot of the you know, adults is, you know, if we, if we overdose or, or not overdose, if we take too many edibles and green out or something like that, that can be totally different than, you know, say a child or a pet getting into your edibles and yes. getting totally, you know, bombed. It's, you know, it's, you're not going to overdose as, as an adult, but it, it can be quite unpleasant as an adult, but you're not going to die. But it, And, you know, kids aren't going to either but some of the reactions they have are a lot more severe than adults so i just reckon that you know people are going to do that just treat it like any other prescription and kind of keep it um up and locked out locked and out of the way of of kids because you know especially you know if you're like me and you like chocolate chocolate ones well kids like chocolate too you don't want your kids to eat your edifying bar Yes. Yeah. So here's a question about how long just, and I know case to case is very different and patient to patient is different, but about how long do people work with you to kind of, you know, get through their ailments from this, you know, starting process to kind of, you know, how, like, how does that process work in regards to when they start and when they end? Okay. Uh, that, that's kind of yet to be determined. I actually just started, uh, this business in in earnest the first of the year so i got uh, i've had i think i'm on the fourth patient right now and one of them is done and one of them i just picked up last week it kind of depends upon how many uh things they've got going wrong with them but the, the initial the initial consult i can do with them is the most expensive because you know i've, I've got to do lots of research on drug interactions and diseases and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then I, I don't want to just leave somebody, you know, hanging after one visit with me. I want to, I want them to come back. So I offer the first follow-up I see with them is, 
is, is free because I kind of want to see where they're at and want to, um, you know, it wouldn't be good just to leave them out there hanging by themselves. No. So we, we work on adjusting their, their uh, doses and stuff if need be. And I kind of give them some, uh, some education and some general dosing information as far as, you know, not what, what not to go over and stuff, you know, without, you know, talking further and stuff. So, you know, some patients can be helped in, uh, you know, if they don't have very many problems, you know, a couple of visits, some are going to require, you know, several, but, you know, it's, I'm in it to help people, you know, that's what I really got into it for. And that was something, another reason I kind of got into this space was, you know, the, the, the background of pharmacy was getting further and further into it being a financial deal. You know, I'm, there's yeah. nothing wrong with making money and stuff, but I got into it to deal with patients, not to, uh, you know, worry about all these different metrics and stuff that, you know, different corporations want you to be. So I, I work with somebody until, until uh, you know, either they, they can't get any more out of it or, you know, we're, we're to the, uh, the point that, you know, they're, they're better. So it's yeah. just however, however long it takes. But, you know, like I said, if it's, you know, a sleep issue or anxiety issue, maybe that's probably going to be less business than somebody who has like, you know, chronic back problems with two or three, you know, levels of diffusion and stuff like that. Right. Back. So we, with that being said, we, we saw your website. We love how, how informational and easy it was to break it down. And when we were browsing specific conditions that you help, we saw a lot that intrigued us, such as like obesity, like high blood pressure, cholesterol to be specific. And we often find when people think cannabis, I feel like sometimes they just like think, you know, munchies or they're going to go binge and do that type of, you know, behavior. How can someone get treated for those types of like specific conditions? Because if this was more available for people to use cannabis for those things, you know, I feel like it could really change people's lives. You said about the obesity, what, what, I'm sorry, you broke up for part of that. No, that's okay. I was just saying, um, we saw a lot that intrigued us kind of like obesity, high blood pressure and like cholesterols to be specific. Um, and I kind of went on to like the munchy part. Like we feel like a lot of people think that when they think cannabis, you know, they might think munchies are going off into like a binge type thing. And they're, that's just like not it always. And, you know, all these conditions can be treated with cannabis. So how can, how, how, how do you, how can one get help for those type of specific things to help break the stigma? Like how would you educate our listeners on, what that process looks like to help with obesity or high blood pressure. Because like Brandon said, when people think of cannabis, they think of binge eating, which causes all of these issues, but really cannabis can help prevent these issues. Right. And uh, some of the, it kind of depends upon the, the, uh, the person, but uh, as far as obesity, you know, a lot of times uh, that is one of the things that, it comes from people being, I'm not going to say everybody, but I know for, for a lot of people, if, they're, if you're like depressed and you're, uh, maybe you have like chronic pain or anxiety and stuff, you tend to just, uh, some people just kind of tend to come home maybe from work and be exhausted and, you know, just kind of sit around, you know, if you have like 
if you use cannabis, you know, a lot of times, at least for myself, that I feel like getting out in, in nature more and moving more and, you know, because I'm not, the chronic pain doesn't bother, bother me as much. And yeah, you're enjoying, you know, you're like enjoying to all of those types of things you're noticing with your pain that's going away. Right. And so as far as, you know, the obesity part, you know, I, sometimes the cannabis will give me the munchies and sometimes it, it doesn't. But, um, uh, I always try to make sure that, you know, people are, you know, if you're eating something that are you eating it because you're hungry or you're eating it because you're, what's your motive behind eating? Are you really hungry? Also, what, what are you take, taking in? You know, right. it's good to have the munchies to, you know, maybe you like something crunchy, you know, so I recommend, you know, that people have like, you know, carrot sticks or celery or, you know, apples, something, you know, that's, that's good for them that, so still get know, their fix. That's an yeah, interesting way to think about it because I feel like when I think I don't when I think of munchies I don't think of like oh I like crunchy things like that's that's the, that's, that's like the addictive thing that's like yeah so that's us. a good way to think about it even in like the what type of snacks like if I liked soft things or like sweet things you know that's I like that you you said it like that because oftentimes I don't think of it like that I'm just like oh chips <laughs> right and you know then as far as it kind of depends on you know sometimes. You know, I may have to help them with with referral to an outside source, or the physician may have to help them with referral to an outside source because of you know the cholesterol, the cholesterol. You know that you had mentioned. You know, a lot of times, you know that's partly due to diet, but you know sometimes, you know, a lot of cholesterol issues and stuff run in families too, and there's there's not a whole lot um, you can do for for that besides you go try and you know you try diet first and then medication second so i i usually recommend i have several uh dietitian friends who i recommend that you know that they either get a clinical dietitian consult or their physician uh you know send them to a clinical dietitian to you know kind of figure out ways to kind of balance what they eat and you know help their management you know to the best they can with without using another drug because that's that's you know that's one thing i've learned as a pharmacist over the years you know is more does not always equal better so i try to tell people to use you know the least you know try try to do it without medication first and you know medication second will go there but um you know i would rather them try lifestyle changes too and i've got to cut you know work on some of that myself you know i've uh i've changed a lot of my my practices and stuff but i think a lot of one of the things that i'm kind of trying to do a little bit more in this, in this year is uh more exercise you know and i yes. i heard that i heard that brandon i think you said you really like exercise stop it doesn't, doesn't care for it <laughs> yes i'm a new exercise lover yes <laughs> yeah it's really important, and I learned this from one of the, uh, actually one of the physicians in Society of Cannabis Relations, to kind of uh, find something and exercise that you, you enjoy, because that that also will help boost your, uh, what we talked about a little bit earlier, your endocannabinoid tone, and kind of 
you know, help your body to make more of its own natural, um, you know, endocannabinoids like anandamide, 2-AG, stuff like that. So you just kind of get a, you know, a better baseline feeling. So it's got to be something you enjoy. If it's something you dread, it's probably not going to work for you. <laughs> That's yeah, true. That is true. So do you take patients around the U.S. like in maybe in like legal states or is it just Oklahoma for now? Um, most of the patients I've had are, are from Oklahoma. There's been, uh, there's been one from Canada actually. And, uh, you know, cannabis is legal there, but, you know, in order for me to, to talk to them about cannabis, uh, using it as a medicine, I, I feel like, um, you know, one of the things that we, you know, look for in the pharmaceutical world is, you know, if you take something, you're going to be able to have reproducible results if you were to take that again, you know, same type of effect and stuff. And if you're getting that from a state that, you know, it's it's not legal in, you may not know what you're getting or, you know, you may not know what, how much. Or what right, or and it's like it's hard to recommend certain things. Yeah, whenever I guess that's true. Local, I feel yeah, like. I guess that's true. Right, you know, because you know, I I listened to your guys' uh, episodes on terpenes and stuff too, and you know, it's that's another thing that's so different in this in the campus world than the pharmacy world. Is you know, in pharmacy world things have you know like standard drug names, you know, like. You know, so we were talking about cholesterol medicines. You know, a lot of those in the end in the you know suffix statin. You know, so you know that those are all going to be cholesterol medicines. Well, you've got you know you've got some really strange strain names out there. Yes. <laughs> so it's I think it's for me it's it's super important to be able to have a reliable uh, DOA that I can see you know what cannabinoids and what terpenes and stuff are in there so you can predict what kind of results you're going to have. Yes, that's very important to know what works for you, know your terpenes and kind of go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Do self-education is important also. I agree. <laughs> so Eric, where do you see hope to see Illum grow? Wow. Um, <laughs> what a I question. <laughs> I would like to see it grow, you know, where I could, uh, where I could help more people, you know, yeah. that's the, that's the hardest thing, you know, is getting the word out right? and, uh, you know, cause we, we can't advertise in some of the traditional places that other people advertise and stuff. But, um, you know, I just try to get the, the word out and, you know, I'll, um, you know, through my website or, you know, I'll, I'll post stuff on LinkedIn or Instagram or, or whatever. But, uh, I, I kind of would like to see cannabis seen more as a more mainstream and not as something that, you know, would attach with a stigma. You know, I think it would, what another thing I'd like to see, you know, is cannabis being employed earlier, uh, well, let's let's stop, you know, giving patients, you know, ten milligram Percocets in the in the hospital, and maybe give them five milligram Percocets, five milligrams THC. Right. You know, yeah. I, you know, I wish, I wish we could, because 
you know, there's so much, and I've written all of all of our our legislators and stuff about in Oklahoma. And I don't know if you you guys have had any dealings with them or anything, but they're all pretty. Uh, most of them are are really pretty set on cannabis being a gateway drug, and mm. I, I'm trying kind of promote that it can it can be so much more than that could be actually be an exit drug you know from from more dangerous stuff like we had 100,000 plus overdose deaths last year that's just insane I mean it's crazy it's sad yeah Yeah, obviously I'd like to help help more people get the word out and you know kind of make take cannabis more mainstream and more get more people um you know, with like background to me to see that, you know, it, it can be very beneficial and it's not really something to be uh, feared. I mean, I think a lot of people have that mindset uh, that are in my space. But, you know, if, if you just look at it from, you know, how, how, how less toxic cannabis is than uh, several of the other drugs that are FDA approved. I right. Mean, to, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. kind of you know, messes with your mind whenever yeah. you break it down. It's kind of, you know, the facts, you know, just want people to be open-minded with it and try something. It's like, why would you not try something that could make you feel better? But it's just kind of one of those things. Some people have a hard time breaking that stigma and that gateway drug term, you know, because that's what they've yeah, tradition I, has taught them, really. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, that's one of the, probably one of the reasons that you know i didn't ever try it until i was you know 52 years old is yeah. because you know of what my parents had all, always said about it you yes. know and, you know the reefer madness type mentality and yes it, it really has to be that way <laughs> well i'm so glad that you've been enlightened to i know all of this because you have a good perspective and like your journey with it mm-hmm. and especially being in the pharmaceutical world there's a whole nother spin mm-hmm. to it so it's just cool like hearing about people stepping out in their own truth and like trying to help people and like really make a way for something better. Especially so much like later in life and that you were so open to trying something that's always been told to you as a no, no, no. And now this one thing that you opened yourself to has changed your your life. I mean, really, and your livelihood, which is really beautiful. Yeah, it, it kind of is. And, you know, I think that, I think a lot of people have had similar experiences with you know when we have gone through the pandemic and you know kind of questions about you know what what are we really here for right <laughs> you know and what, what our purpose is and stuff and I don't feel like I was I was meeting my purpose you know I was bringing home a paycheck and stuff but you know I don't I just didn't feel like I really can I mean I contributed but I don't feel like I contributed to the fullest that I could and now I feel like uh, I can a lot more. And, yeah. You know, I think, it, and I'm probably going to get some grief over it, but I, I think it helps about being open with your journey, you know, as far as, you know, from other, other peers and stuff, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, those are testimonies. Those are personal testimonies and testimonies. Mm-hmm inspire people it doesn't matter what where they're given at what they're about it's someone's journey and something that someone has experienced that changed their life for the better you know and like that's what you have to do is sit here and talk here like we are now that's sharing your journey and you know how it's been great for your life 
yeah, I feel like I can be more, more myself and more authentic. And I'm, you know, like I, I was saying, you know, when I was all with those other meds and stuff, I, I really felt like I lost a huge part. And I, I think you would say, if you were to ask my family, they would say the same. But yeah. now my kids and my wife both you noticed know, huge improvement. That's amazing. Thanks. Well, Dr. Bowen, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to educate us and just speak with us about cannabis and all the things that have to do with it and all the healing benefits. It's been so great to hear another perspective. So I just want to say thank you for being here. Yeah. And thank you for what you do. I feel like what you've started is really going to help change a lot of people's lives and It's a really big tool and asset that's needed in our community. So thank you for what you do. Bridging that gap. And I appreciate you guys for having me on and also for, you know, doing what you do and, you know, having people, you know, different people in different spaces come on and, you know, tell you their story with this stuff because I think it's sharing our stories that we really kind of reach people. We do. We connect over over stories and that's the best part. (laughs) Well, um, thank you. Go ahead. Oh, I'll just say all that. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Um, and thank, thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode. And as always, Sob, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.